I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Extravaganzas all over the world, all over the place. 
we'll get into that. Also, I mean, the Big 12 SEC Challenge, UFC Fight Night tonight, um, boxing matchups tonight, and also the Senior Bowl this evening, as well as as well as this morning, you know, the FA Cup fourth round matchup. FA Cup fourth round is going on. So let's jump right into it. Let's get let's 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 hit this devotion up real quick, man. Uh, this one comes from Numbers 13, 13, 13 to 1325 uh, to chapter 13, 25 to chapter 14, 10. Um, <clears throat> when they returned from spying out, out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to Moses and Aaron and to all, all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told them and said, we went into the land where you sent us, and certainly, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the, and the Jebusites and the Am- Amorites are living in the hill country. The Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him and said, we are not able to, to go up against the people. They are too strong for us. So they gave out the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone and spied it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who are part of Nephilim. And we became grasshoppers in our own sight, so we are in their sight. Then all the congregation lifted their voices up and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel crumbled against, against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, "What Would that we died in the land of Egypt? Or would that we died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? But let it be hidden, the person of the heart, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of the assembly, of the congregation of, of the sons of Israel. <clears throat> Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who spied out the land toward their clothes. And they spoke of the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through is to spy out is that exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord 
and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and their Lord is with us. Do not fear him. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. See, here's the thing. The Lord gave gave the Israelites a commission to go and possess the land of Canaan. The people needed a separate place to thrive as God center as a God centered nation. And he chose an exceptionally good country for their development. So at God's direction, Moses sent twelve men to survey and spy out the land. What a surprise when ten returned with discouraging, terrifying stories. All these spies could see were the obstacles that to taking ownership of the land. However, Caleb was certain that they'd surely overcome because he was focused on God's promises whether, rather than obvious difficulties. He based the confidence on God's words to Abraham, to your descendants I will give this land. The people didn't share Caleb's faith. Tales of giants and fortified cities scared them. Ordinarily, those would have been obstacles worth fearing, but the Israelites saw an omnipotent God who had proven he could overcome anything. He parted the Red Sea to facilitate their escape from Pharaoh. He fed them in the desert. Focusing on obstacles distorts our vision. Problems loom so large that we can't take the next step in faith. In reality, if God has called us to do something, the only hindrance between is between our temples. He's already planned a way around over or through any barriers that may lie on the path of fulfilling his purpose to our people for our lives. And we, like the Israelites, suffer the fear and refuse to move forward. We miss out on the great reward that results from God's from doing God's will. That's a little food for thought. And again, kinda hits home. Kind of like what we do on the show, kind of like what we do in the network. We overcome obstacles and we do what we do what God what God wants us to do. And now we're starting to see blessings come upon that. So it all goes back to blessing and sharing, people. You bless others, they bless you. You take heed of what God says. God will bestow everything upon you that you can must that you can handle. So, a little food for thought. But we're gonna take a quick session break. We're gonna be right back. Then we're gonna jump right into everything: Senior Bowl, Big Twelve SEC Challenge, Big Boxing Match, Sergey Kovalev, John Pascal, two UFC Fight Night, Bader Johnson. We'll be right back.
To the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, let's jump right into it. You know, first things first, senior bowlers today. Uh, a little bit of early kickoff today, but, you know, I'm excited about it because you're going to see a lot of stars that are pretty much going to be first round picks. Um, it's a 2 30 kickoff. At Lad Peebles in in Mobile, um, a lot of the that that are in this game are surefire, <laughs> surefire first round, first first day, second day draft picks. You know should go early. Uh, some of the names that that have really just popped out to me: um, Jeff Driscoll, former Florida quarterback, Carson Wentz who's just shooting up everybody's draft boards right now. Uh, Cody Kessler. Um, Braxton Miller's actually playing this game also. He's going to be playing wide receiver. But don't be surprised if he does play a little bit of quarterback today. Um, Taylor Matakavich from Temple, who had a breakout year this year. Um, Eric Murray from, from Minnesota. K.J. Dillon from West Virginia. Um, Henry Krieger Coble, who I think was, who I think is probably one of the best tight ends in this draft class. Um, this is very quarterback heavy this year, unlike it has been in the in the past couple of years. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in regards to how a lot of these players are going to progress and translate from the college level to the pro level to see how it's, how it's going to turn out for them in a number of ways. Again, um, another, some other players that are playing um, in this game, Sharon Peak from Clemson, Brandon Allen from Arkansas, Jacoby Brissett from uh, North Carolina State, that Prescott, Jacob Coker is playing in this game. Um, King Andrake is playing, um, Sterling Shepard from Oklahoma, Sean Oakman from Baylor, um, who is who is a big time guy, six uh, nine, can put his hand down, can also get back in coverage from 
you know, stand up or get down, whichever way you want them to play. Um, other players that are playing, Eric Stryker, Glenn Gronkowski, um, Dan, Dan Vitale, Vitale, I'm sorry, Vitale from Northwestern, um, who I think is a pretty good player as well. Um, and a kid that nobody really talks about that I, I watched play a little bit this year was uh, DeAndre Carson. He's a safety from William & Mary, and I'm telling you, he could he can drop down and play corner. He can he can play safety. He can he can bomb you, and he is great. He was great in the in the um, in the run game for you. So this is a kid who could be a first round draft pick, mid to late first round draft pick. I think I think that he has a second third round grade. To be honest with you, uh, Jake Gaines, who had a pretty good year at Georgia, transferring over from UAB. Um, play linebacker at Georgia. I think he's got a pretty good a pretty good upside to him as well. I think he'll be I think he'll, you know, be a late round to a free agent type type player. Um another kid who's who's playing this game for for the South, another Georgia kid, Jordan Jenkins, who whom I've watched since 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 high school days. He's in he's playing for the South. Malcolm Mitchell uh, the list goes on and on. Um, another kid that, that I would love for you guys to really take a look at is the Javon Hargrave from South Carolina State. Saw this kid play this year um, as well, and he's got a great upside as well. Um, 6'2", about two, six two, right around the 300 mark. Um, very good off the ball. Can eat up blocks. I mean, he, he brings a lot of a lot of good things to to this to this game. I think that he'll be a uh, I think he'll be a second day second day you know third fourth round type guy. Would not be surprised if he goes in the second round. Would not be surprised if he falls to the fourth or fifth round. Um, maybe in the sixth round. There's a lot of good there's a lot of good players that are playing in this game as well as as the. Um, the Shrine game next week, so um, a lot of things going on there. Um, just really, it's a really exciting time for these guys. But you know, the, the guys I really want, I want to see do do well. I want to see kind of up their draft stock a little bit. I want to see what Jake Coker can do in a pro style offense, even though he was in a pro style offense at. At Alabama, we're gonna see what he can do. I want to see what he can do in a pro style type atmosphere, and see if he can make the throw. See if he can put it in the windows. Um, same thing with Dak Prescott. He's gonna be taking snaps on the center. Um, a little bit different from what he's been doing, but I think you know a team like. A team like San San Francisco or um or a team like Houston. I mean, this could be this could be that that team that they can fall to. Jacob Coker, if he can prove that he can that he can handle the pressure of being a potential pro, 
I think this may get him into into the door as being a, a second or third day guy. You know, fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know, maybe earlier, maybe third. You know, maybe third, but I, I really don't don't think it'll be third round because there's so many other guys that are that are coming out that are just as good as he is. And I wish Vernon Adams could play in this game as well, but I think he's playing in the Shrine game, in the East West Shrine game. So, um, so it's a lot of lot of lot of great talent here um, in the Senior Bowl to this week, next week the Shrine game, and um, of course, you know, when, talking about college football. Wednesday is signing day. Um, a lot of players are off the board. A lot of the players from the ESPN 300 in that top 50 of the ESPN 300 have already enrolled in into classes at their particular schools that they've already uh, committed to. So um, it's going to be fun to see what happens with the rest of the ESPN 300 and the rest of that rest of that top 50 in the ESPN 300. Um, so, I mean, it's very exciting times for both the outgoing college football players and the coming in football players. So, um, very excited about about what's going to happen here. You know, haven't talked much about the Super Bowl. Um, there's going to be plenty of talk for that. We're going to take a full two-hour show next week. Um, and we're going to talk basically football, basically the Super Bowl, and recruiting, and that's it. So just just to give you guys a heads up, um, but just really excited about about the Senior Bowl, and I'm really excited about tonight because tonight and throughout the day, I mean, <laughs> I'm ready to watch this fight. HBO, 10 o'clock tonight. Sergey Kovalev, John Pascal, part two. Um, we know what happened in the first fight. Kovalev, eighth-round knockout. I mean, it was a destruction job, pretty much, of John Pascal in Montreal. They, they fight each other again um, in Montreal. So, I'm just really... Just really ready to see this fight. Because, A, there's a lot of things that have been going on in regards to Pascal making this a race issue as of last night. Um, as of last night, saying that uh, Kovalev have made racist remarks in the past to a black Russian fighter who he fought um, saying that Pascal, he said some things to Pascal. John David Jackson, who is a trainer, former fighter, is you know, who who's, I'm sorry, Kovalev's trainer, John David Jackson, who is actually a black man, you know. So it is really funny that, you know, you would call Sergey Kovalev a racist. And we do know that, you know,
Kovalev has said some things in the past to a black Russian fighter. Um, saying he's gonna whip his black ass. Um, Jews, I don't curse, but this is this is what I'm I'm reading right now. Um, and it's starting to get a little bit on the bad side, you know, of things. Where yes, there have been things that in in you know in Russia that's really racist, in racist thoughts, racist statements, you know, things that, that have happened on football field, on soccer fields, on um, in the basketball arenas around Russia. I mean, it's happened. I mean, actually, um, player from Roma, uh, Italian football club Roma. A black player on that team had a banana thrown at him um, during a Champions League match in Russia a few years back. So this is actually this is actually you know a really really difficult thing for me to talk about because in one hand you know it happens, in the other hand this is something that was said three years ago. And he's apologized for it. No, and Jackson actually defended his fighter said Sergey may have said things at the time that he says then. They may come out in the wrong way. But if he were racist, I wouldn't be in this corner. Trust me, I wouldn't be here. In response to that, John Pascal says Shout over to him, telling him to stand up for black people. This is this isn't the first time. Like I said, this isn't the first time that that people have said things. Twenty fourteen, he. You know, he he explained that they that Russians still use the word Negro. Yes, that doesn't make him a racist. No, but then April of last year, after Adonis Stevenson won a fight, <laughs> there was a picture of a kid that he tweeted that had him that was that was wearing a shirt that the that you know had a monkey. Had a depicted a, mon- a monkey's head on a body, and Kovalev added the caption: "Adonis looks great," referring to WBC champion, WBC light heavyweight champion Adonis Stevenson. He apologized for it. People, for his promoter, for, you know, his promoters at main events. Taught him a little bit about history of the United States, and he said it's very different from where he came from in Russia. He's still learning. He's understanding he made a mistake. He's hoping that he can be forgiven, and that's it. So, my thing is this: John Pascal is looking for a way to get in this kid's head, to get into Sergey Kovalev's head. 
My thing is, if you're going to throw the racist card out, throw it out there. Stop beating around the bush about it. Stop saying you're not going to do it, but you've already done it. And and not have you already done it, but you've already you've made yourself look like a bigger, a petty person instead of owning up to the fact that you got your butt whipped the first time around. And this kid's got a, and he's got a superior, he's got a superior boxing style than you do. You know, this time around could be different. You know, you could come out, you could get your jab going like you should have had it going in the last fight. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could have done, but ordinarily, I wouldn't say this, but John Pascal beat up. He got beat up like a stepchild. And I would not be surprised if it happened again. But this is the, this is the thing that I have I have about this. If you're going to say, if you're going to use the racist, you're going to use the, play the racist card, play it. If you're not, shut up about it. Leave it in the past because this is a man who doesn't know the history of the United States. But he's very conscious of what he's done. He's apologized a number of times. So who are you to judge what he and his trainer have done in the past? Okay. Now, moving forward, I'm ready to see this fight simply because of this fact. But the other thing I'm ready to see this fight for is because one, I want to see what Sergey Kovalev has in him. I want to see what John Pascal has in him. Is he is he truly back from from that from that debacle that he had? Is he truly? Is he truly ready for the big time? I mean, and the big time is. He wins this fight. He's got Adonis Stevenson <laughs> right there. Adonis has a has a mandatory coming up, which will be on Showtime. This, this is this is the problem that we have. Kind of like kind of like the Mayweather Pacquiao thing, where they were both on HBO. They were both in different weight classes and never could get it together. But when Mayweather moved to Showtime. You know, you're starting to see what what we can do, what we can put together. Adonis Stevenson and Sergey Kovalev, this has to happen. This this is definitely has has to happen because there's a unification involved. There's big money involved in this fight, and then you got a guy by the name of Andre Ward who is looming in the background. Andre Ward has a big fight coming up as well. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that in a few minutes as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now in the sport of boxing that is looking very, very promising. Um, I mean, Garcia, Garcia Guerrero did not disappoint. Um, 
hopefully Pascal Kovalev won't disappoint. I mean, and then you got Terrence Crawford. Uh, his fight's coming up. And then you also got the possibility of a Canelo Canelo Triple G matchup. So this this is very, very, very important to to boxing right now. So let's just let's just hope that this fight is as is as good a fight as it could be and it moves on to bigger and better fights where either we get to see him on T V or we get to see him on pay per view. The pay per view quality fights lately have been crap because of what <laughs> what Mayweather has done in jacking up the prices of the pay-per-views. So, just re- like I said, just really ready to to see a lot of good fights come up. Again, uh, Chocolatitos coming, up, Chocolatitos fights coming up in, in a little bit. Um, then the, the end of February, uh, early March, Terence Crawford's fighting, um, Andre Ward's fighting in April. Um, Don Stevenson's fighting in in uh June and July. Triple G and, and Canelo are are in that final stages of getting that thing that thing going. Um where they'll be in Mexico City, Guadalajara, or San Antonio, which is the likely likely place for that fight to happen, or even or even Vegas. So even Vegas in the new in, the, in that new Vegas arena that the UFC is going to open up with their with their with UFC 200. So um, just, just just a lot of things going on. Stay tuned with a lot of that. But we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back talk about talk about the UFC card that's coming up that's coming out tonight. That's, that's coming on tonight on on FS1 um, big card there and. Then, We'll also talk about the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and then we've also got to talk about some other things in regards to the network. So we're going to take a quick session break. We'll be right back. This is the Tailgate Crew. In a game that's morally wrong From 5 a.m. up in the morning We ducking the light I earn time through the habits we usually own Saving up, out of spending on nothing That's right, that's a 
hell of a night. The drag swimming, the aim bringing the same thing. Your mind locking, the lames rocking the same bling. The bed swinging, the Z's clinging the same dream. What? I'm low limit, what the frame brings. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late again, plotting on the same thing. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late as hell, plotting on the same thing. But hold up, let them pick to this. No pills, it's still limitless. <laughs> Recouping the true essence, the legends who passed on. Live forever while we reminisce. True precision, I give forever and never miss. Signature sound like signing down on a dotted wind. Seeing signs of you clown rappers on common shit. Trading in your word for green faces and diamond whips. Copping medallions while my people starve. I think the public getting blind to what honesty is. I heard life is stage play a part But we ain't trying to be a part of this comedy biz Cause ain't it funny, I'm holding like no grudges As long as your hoes love it and money just keeps coming Trying to rain on your fire by burning my whole budget A liar, where well, y'all liars rely on the same subject The drag swimming, the aim bringing the same thing Your mind locking, the lames rocking the same bling The bed swinging, the Z's clinging the same dreams uh, I'm low limit what the frame brings Low limit what the frame brings we up late again, plotting on the same thing. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late as hell, plotting on the same thing. Plotting on the same. Plotting on the same. On the same thing. Plotting on the same. Plotting on the same. On the same thing. A low limit what the frame brings. A low limit what the frame brings, yeah. A low limit what the frame brings, uh. Applying on the same things, yeah. About to get a choir in here. Plotting on the same things. We just plotting on the same things, yeah. Plotting on the same things. We up late as hell, plotting on the same things. Trotting on the same thing, trotting on the quest to with a guess this what the fame brings. Come and be my guest, you can get flame, man. Let me get my dragon out the den. Let me maintain the flow as I craft it with my pet. I'm a master with the rapping, can't be matched by many men. Cause I passed you when I traveled down the path you've never been. Staying active with this passion, try and stack up all this gen. Try snatching for the cabbage, silly rabbit with a spin. I'm a savage, call me Ben. Sending rappers turn to dirty bastards when I have to dip. Instrumentals can get ripped. Shooting lyrics off my men don't make you rappers. Get the memo like I'm deadly with the clips That's a semi-automatic, you can bet we bring the havoc Load the barrel, let them have it Just be sure to leave your address I'm addressing all the rappers playing dress up You in the wrong set to thought I tell you the rap game is not a pageant It's tragic Since a young and been busting bum to get out the gutter Avoiding trouble and now I'm buzzing due to this hunger I'm busting bubbles, waking brothers up from slumbers Now I'm no longer the underdog I'm heating up this summer, no more dreaming Only action, me my team gon' make it happen We just scheming, strategizing why you guys are steady napping Treasure my presence like pirate chess I'm spitting crack Release the cracking Cow moving back And so I hope you rappers started packing Hey Dead and evicted And even claws know that the boys' bars are gifted We making noise Neighbors might call the boys They tripping Might leave a sticky note with a message You just missed it Hey We been working hard People never stop that hating Only seem to quiet down When Kyle finally elevating Early flights and elevators Take me to my destination 17 and getting green But we ain't even met the fame yet Bent, bent, bent it's too much money here. I mean, nobody should be hitting Lotto for $36 million and we got people starving in the streets. That is not idealistic. That's just real. 
That is just stupid. There's no way Michael Jackson should have, or whoever Jackson, should have a million thousand, drupal billion dollars and then there's people starving. There's no way. There's no way that these people should own planes and their people don't have houses, apartments, shacks, drawers, pants. I know you're rich. I know you got $40 billion, but can you just keep it to one house? You only need one house. And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why have 52 rooms and you notice somebody with no room? It just don't make sense to me. It don't. Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, we're going to jump back. We're going to jump into some UFC action tonight. Got a big card coming up tonight on Fox. Um, prelims are at 5 p.m. On, on FS1. But a lot of these fights here have implications unlike any other any other card in the next few weeks, in the next few months. Um, that doesn't have titles that doesn't have title fights on it. Um this card here top to bottom is a very solid card. Do I think it's pay per view quality? No, but some of the fights are are so let's just jump right into it. You know, Alex Caceres and and myself feeling uh Mexican fighter Mexican fighter, Messi Fullen, um, trains in California. Uh, Alex Casares moving up in weight from 135 to 145. Uh, ultimate fighter, uh, finalist a few years ago. Um, I'm sorry, semi a few years back. Um, really, really good to see him move up in weight. I thought the cut from, from, from where he was to 35 was a little bit much. Now that he's at 45, I think that this, I think that this is a better fit for him um, schematically and also physically. Um, really ready to just to, just to see this fight. Um, see if Alex can handle the punching power of Messi O. Fullen. Fullen has has punching power, great punching power, um, but he's also He's also very raw in a in a sense. So um fifteen fights, you know, set, I think it was like the second or third fight here in the UFC. So it, this this has this has all the effects of being an all out snooze fest, but at the same time, Alex is a guy who can who is action packed, who can who can make fights but he doesn't have the ten to make to make a fight like this happen. So what Alex needs to do is needs to use his strength, needs to use his strength, his leg reach, needs to use those those quality kicks that he has, you know, and his unorthodox style in this fight. I think that that that's gonna be that's gonna be the key to this fight. If if he can use his distance, if he can. Use his distance, throw punches the way he knows how to throw punches. This would be a good fight for for Alex Casares. He can win this fight, but you start letting the hands go flow free and everything. Fullen does have power to knock you out. So one punch knockout. Even though it does not, 
<laughs> is not indicative on his record because um, most of his most of his fights um, he submitted guys, but he does have that one punch knockout power, and he does have great jujitsu. So it's not not top level, but it is great jujitsu nonetheless. So um, that's one of the that's one of the bigger matches that you know on this preliminary card that I think people need to watch. Um, and it's actually probably going to be the first the first fight on on the preliminary card. Uh, one of the other fights that, that I'm I'm really interested in on this on this preliminary you know, preliminary portion of the card is Olivier Alvin Mercier, the Quebec kid. Um, this is a fight at 155. This could vault him into top 15 on the fringes of a top 10 type matchup. Diego Ferreira, uh, Ultimate Fighter, uh, Brazil contestant. Got all the tools, can submit you, can grind out fights. Um, I just, I really like the way that these two fight. And Auburn Mercer, he, Mercier is, <laughs> he, he got, He's got pretty good takedowns. He can land good strikes. Got got just he's got a, a submission game that is probably ahead of most, but not quite at at that elite level. You know, he's only eight and one. He's a he's a younger fighter as well. I mean, fight fights out of TriStar. Um, Fights out of TriStar, so we all know what kind of what kind of camp that TriStar has. You know, TriStar has Roy McDonald, um, and and had the likes of um, recent um, title challenger um, Laterno, a women's fighter Laterno, who who recently lost to Johanna Jezerovic. Um on the same card that uh <laughs> that Ronda Rousey lost her title on. So th- this is this is this is a very good camp. And also, you know, out of that camp you got I mean like I said, you got Roy McDonald in that camp, you got Laterno in that camp, and you also had um George St. Pierre in that camp. So very exciting to see this fight. Diego Ferreira, um if I'm not mistaken, was a part of the Novo now camp. Now that he now he's um, training with the Black Zillions, back and forth with the Black Zillions. Um, he's very good on the ground as well. So this could be a ground war, but don't be surprised. If this stays a stand up fight, and they start kicking each other's legs off. I mean, th- this is what this fight could be. Um, they both have pretty good takedown defense. They both have pretty good takedowns. Um, Olivier hasn't been taken down yet, so um, but he's he's got thirty three percent accuracy on his takedown. So this is this is this this is the antithesis of what could go on. This could this this fight actually has pay per view quality to it. Actually, has main card quality to it, but. We uh, 
But, you know, this is a preliminary card since, you know, everything's like that. But the one of the main fights that I think that should have been on the main card that isn't on the main card is the Tarek Safadine-Jake Ellenberger matchup. This has, for me, this has every bit of implications in terms of top ten, top five type type quality fight here. Jake Ellenberger, we know he we know he can fight. We know he's got big time big time power punching power. Um great wrestler can defend the takedown. Terry Safferdine, great wrestler, can defend the takedown. Kickboxer, former strike force 170-pound champion. You know, he's lost to some very good opponents. He, you know, got knocked out by, by, um, <clears throat> by a two-time um, challenger for, for the 170 belt. Um, and his name, uh, I cannot remember his name right off. Um, but he, he's lost, he's had some quality losses. Terry Safferdine, Kickboxer by trade, Muay Thai guy. Do not be surprised if he starts landing these bomb leg kicks that he throws and then goes in for the takedown. This is his game. He can stand up with you all day long. He can submit you. He can, But most of his fights, he grinds them out because he uses so much skill. You know, he's a skilled guy. You know, he doesn't go in for finishes as much as he should. This fight, if he gets Ellenberger hurt, he needs to get on him and get on him quick. If not, this could be a long night for him. He's going to take him in the deep waters. The Ellenberger's going to take Safadine in the deep waters. This is a big fight for Jake Ellenberger because this gets him into that top 15 on the cusp of the top 10. Safadine, this gets him back into that conversation for the championship. Um, and you look at it from that standpoint, this is big for both for both guys. Ellenberger is a veteran. This is going to be his 41st fight. You know, Safadine, he's been not so – he hasn't been as – hasn't been as, as active as he should be. Um, which is which is very very which is very very bad, but at the same time, he's also honing his talent. So when you look at it from that perspective, Safranine has a bit of an advantage because he's not as worn down, he's not as beaten up as every, as everybody else. But to see this fight, to see it play out. You see guys with great, you know, Safadine has a chin on him. He has a great chin. Ellenberger has a great chin. These guys, <laughs> they will stand up and they will they will bomb each other. But I don't think that Safadine has quite the chin that Ellenberger has. Belgian fighter, you know, again, Belgian fighter who comes from that Muay Thai background, 
I love I love his kicks. Has strong kicks. Will kick with either leg. You know, has has knockout power with his kicks. Has knockout power with his hands. But you haven't seen that yet because he's a grind him out fighter and he and he'll submit you. And he'll submit you pretty quick. So, I mean, this, this is a fight that that has a lot of a lot of things going for it. Now, another fight that that I like to talk about, and and on the main card, we're, we're jumping into the main card now. And this is a fight that that really, really, really makes me makes me excited because you're seeing a kid in Sage North Cut, 19 years old, almost 20. Matter of fact, yeah, nineteen years old, seven and zero, has a fighting style of. I mean, he puts me. Sage Northcutt puts me in the mindset of a GSP meets Lyoto Machida, because Northcutt is. Not only is he dynamic with his with his movement, he can submit you, he can knock you out. None of his fights have gone to submit none of his fights have gone to decision yet. And he got he's getting his very first tough fight. Brian Barberina, another young fighter, ten and two, uh, up and coming fighter. Was on was another ultimate final ultimate fighter uh fighter um has a fighter tonight and he's just he's just very rugged he's a, he's a wrestler who who can wrestle and wrestle really good. This is gonna be the test for Northcutt because he hasn't been taken down yet and he does defend the takedown very well, very athletic in that in that regard. And the reason why I say that he's a GSP meets Lyoto is 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 this. Sage Northcutt, he's athletic. He's athletically bound, just like just like GSP was. He has a stand-up game that is so similar, the stance that is so similar to a to a Lyoto Machida. But he's more explosive than Lyoto. He doesn't use that blitzing type deal. He still sits back. He still waits. He still waits. Still waits. But when he does attack, his attacks are just—they're deadly. I mean, this kid is a—I mean, he's starting to be a—he's starting to learn and he's starting to become a killer. The last time out, which was like ten weeks ago. Sage Northcutt actually actually had a guillotine and it, it, he actually didn't have he didn't have it really tight, but his athletic ability got him the submission. So it's the same thing with Brian Barberina. Barberina can can submit you. Got one submission on his record, but He's got he's got big hands. He's got he's got bomb hands. 
And can he beat Sage Northcutt? Yeah. Do I see Sage Northcutt losing this fight? No. But this is one of those fights that you have to watch. You have to enjoy because this is a 19-year-old kid. I mean, you haven't seen anybody this young come into UFC and dominate. And he's not really dominating. He's learning as he goes. He's not like a Robbie Lawler when he came in at 20. He's not like a Roy McDonald who came in when he was 20 and developed good things. These these guys, this this is a kid who's 19, and he's only going to get better. And I love the way that the UFC is, is bringing him in, gradually giving him opponents that test him, that test him more and test him more and test him more. This is one of those fights that I, I love. I love. This is one of those fights that you, you're going to love to watch because of the styles that these two guys have. Barbarina's not gonna not gonna back down from you. He's gonna he's gonna come at you hardcore. And he's got a chin and he's got a nice beard. He's got he's got the Johnny Hendricks beard going. So I mean that that in itself makes this a pretty good fight. I mean this is a guy. These are guys on this card on all four on, on all four of these these fights. <laughs> it's gonna be beards versus it's gonna be clean shaven guys versus versus bearded guys. I mean, it's just the way that goes. I mean, not not to be funny about it, but that's the way it's going to go. Um, another fight that I that I'm really looking forward to on the main card, and you know, it's a four fight main card, but you know, the four fights on this main card, one of a couple of these fights actually got bumped from the UFC card next week and bumped and moved forward from the UFC card in March. So, case in point with this fight, Ayuri Alcantara, uh, the Brazilian fighter, and Jimmy Rivera, you know, they were supposed to meet at UFC 197. This fight was moved forward to cover another fight that was not, um, that was canceled. So, Case in point, this is the reason why this fight was moved to this car. And I actually really, really like this fight. Jimmy Rivera is one of those guys you don't hear much about because of the way he fights. He's a great he's a, he, he can he hasn't attempted to take down yet. He's a stand up fighter. Um I mean he's gotten submissions in the past. But a lot of his fights, you know, he's either knocking you out or he's getting a decision. And that's just the way that's going to go. But Jimmy's one of those guys who likes to stand up. He's got great hands. got great kicks. Submission game is is rather suspect because you don't see him hit the ground, hit the ground as much. But he's a great grappler. And I think that's what makes him a different type of fighter. He, you know, he's, it's just a different type of type of feel to him. And I've seen him fight a couple of times, and I know that he's got he's got great hands. He's got great hands. Alcantara has a great chin, but he can get knocked out. And 
we've seen him get knocked out. He's a ground guy who just he seems like he gets better with age. I mean, him being thirty five years old is is one of those things that you just you don't get over, you know. And this is an important fight for him in terms of him moving up in the stand in in the rankings and possibly challenging possibly challenging a guy like <laughs> I mean, getting in that top ten, getting those top ten fights, possibly getting a fight with a guy like Chad Mendez, possibly getting a fight with uh John Dawson who's moving up in weight. Um, he'll be moving up in weight. So, I mean, there's a lot of options here for him, for winners, and getting him into that top ten. So, this is a very, very important fight for him. Jimmy Rivera, this is a very important fight for him because this is a test for him. He's 18-1, and one, but he hasn't fought, really fought anybody of note. So, when you look at it from that standpoint, Jimmy Rivera is getting himself into a good situation by taking this fight with Alcantara. Alcantara is taking this fight and looking at it as, you know, this is a guy with one loss. He's good. He's really good. But he hasn't really fought anybody. This is a, These are tests for both of them. Top 10 for, excuse me, getting Alcantara in those top 10 fights and fights with top 10 guys. Jim Rivera, getting him in the top 15, getting him into that conversation of being on that cusp of being a top 10, a top 10 fighter. So this is where, this is where this comes in at. And whether or not Jim Rivera stays at 35, whether he goes up to 45, you know, that, that's uh, yet to be seen, but Jim Rivera's got, he's got that kind of, he's got a kind of acumen where he can either, Step up and wait. Stay here at 35. He's got the body style. He's got the, he's got the body to put on weight. He's got the body to take off weight. So, with that being said, you you look at these two fighters, and there's nothing but up for both of them. And with Alcantara, if he loses, he loses in an embarrassing fashion this could drop him out of the top 15 and drop him back to where he doesn't want to be. Jimmy Rivera takes that major step up into that top 15. So there's a lot of implications here in 135, whether it be fight-wise or whether it be title implication-wise. This is an important fight at 135. Now, this next fight that that everybody's talking about, Josh Barnett, Ben Rothwell. <laughs> this is one of this is one of those fights where this could be one of the best heavyweight fights in the UFC ever. Because Ben Rothwell, Josh Barnett, former Josh Barnett's a former heavyweight champion. You know, got wins over Randy. He got a win over Randy Couture. A legend, Randy Couture. He's got wins over Alexander Emelianenko. You know, 
big wins in pride. You know, Ben Rothwell, former IFL champion, um, very good stand-up fighter. I both of these guys have heavy hands. Josh Barnett is a grind them out wrestler. I'm very excited to see what could happen in this fight from this standpoint. And hear me out. Josh Barnett in the twilight of his career, but he is still doing the things that got him to the dance. He's 38 years old. He's so well-rounded. He's so experienced. He can take punches. He can give punches. He can he can make things happen in a way to make himself, how can I put it, to give himself an advantage during a fight. He's such a he's such a great reader of of the fight. Of the fight game, and that that, that and I'll explain what I mean. When he fights, is it's like a chess match, because Barnett's one of those guys. He's very like I, like I, like we said, he's very well rounded. He can he can submit you. He can he can beat you up. He got one of the stiffest jabs in the game. One of the best jabs in all of MMA. But the thing about about Josh Barnett is he's always had that bit of a of a cockiness or or a how can I put it? He's always had that bit of arrogance to him that gets him beat. Um, so I think he has to fight within himself in order to win this match against Ben Rothwell. Because Ben's going to come at you full full bore. He can throw punches. They can both take you down. They can both... They both got heavy hands. They both can take you down. They both land very good rates of landing punches. So, this is one of those... I said, this is one of those fights that when you look at it, in the grand scheme of things, Josh Barnett, Ben Rothwell, is that fight that nobody really, they're fighters that nobody really wants to fight. You know, because of what they can do on the ground, what they can do standing up, what they can do wrestling-wise, I mean, both of these guys are on winning streaks. Josh Barnett won his last fight out. Ben Rothwell won his last fight out. So it's just when you look at it from that perspective, is this the fight? <laughs> is the, are these two guys the next two guys in line? after the next guideline for that heavyweight championship spot. My question is, the winner of this fight has got to fight one more time. Whether they fight Junior, whether they fight Strew, who's still in the top five, whether they fight 
Junior Dos Santos or Andre Olavsky or even Stipe, Stipe who's who's stepping in for um Kane Velasquez. No, and that that's the other thing that everybody's been talking about, you know. That winner was gonna fight, you know, who's gonna who's gonna who's the winner of this fight gonna fight next? Well, I think Cain Velasquez will be that next fighter that everybody's going to fight next. I mean, Cain Velasquez, he's hurt. These two are going to literally tear each other apart to get the winner of... They're going to negotiate their way into a fight with the winner of Miocic. And I really like this fight. I really like Barnett to win because of his experience. But Ben Rothwell, these are two former champions. And both of them, they have their own particular style. So I'm really excited to see what is going to happen in this fight. Just really excited about this fight. And then the main event of the evening, this has implications unlike any other fight. Winner of this fight is going to fight the winner of John Jones, Daniel Cormier. They fight, um, I want to say they fight at UFC 198 or 199 or something like that. It's not UFC 200, but I do know that they're going to fight at 199. I'm not sure if it's 199 or 200. I think it's 199. So, the winner, the winner of these two, the winner of this fight, they're gonna fight. They're gonna fight later on in the year against the champion, whoever it may be. Anthony Johnson, Ryan Bader. This is this is implications of high proportions that I honestly this has explosion written all over it. This has one punch knockout power. This has grind them out, take them down, beat you to death power type type thing. Submissions submissions, you know, you probably get a submission out of one of these eyes. This is basically a fight of epic proportions in this division because of what could possibly happen next. Brian Bader's on a two year winning streak. You know, back to back losses to Tito Ortiz and Leonardo Machida, and big wins against. I mean, he had a big win right before New Year's. Um, he's had a big win. You know, he's had five big wins in the in the past six, six, seven in his past fights. Two years unbeaten. I mean. Let's look. I mean, let. I mean, let's look at what he's done in the past two years. He beat Cavalcante, which was that first fight back from from his fight from that loss. I mean, it's just it's so many things that could happen in this fight in this fight game. And Ryan Bader, 
has made himself a better guy because of the fights that he's been in. You know, big wins over Ovid St. Proof, over Cavalcante, over St. Proof, over Phil Davis, Rashad Evans, which he just fought in October, which was a big fight because that was Rashad Evans' comeback fight from knee surgery. Now he's got, I mean, and you lose three three times in five fights. Mm. You know, you lose to John Jones, you lose to Tito Ortiz back to back. Then you get big wins over Brill, over Jason Brills, Rampage. Then you lose to Machida. You beat you beat Master Singto, and then you lose to to Global Teixeira. And then you just reel off five straight wins just by grinding them out. And, you know, the Phil Davis fight was a really close fight. It's also Phil Davis's last fight in the UFC as he is a Bellator fighter now. But um, just looking at the way that Ryan Bader has, has evolved as a fighter, He's gotten better with his punch. He's gotten better in in all aspects. His kicks, you know, his boxing, his boxing is better. His head movement is better. He's not coming in as aggressive as he as he was in the past, which hurt him in the in the Machida fight where Machida just countered him and knocked him out. You know, so this, this has big time implications written all over it. The one thing that he has to worry about is Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson, they're both 6'2", but they carry it in a different way. Anthony Johnson's really long, and he's really, really heavy, top heavy. Both of these guys have wrestling backgrounds. Anthony Johnson is the more rounded fighter per se. But they've been in the same number of fights. This is both their twenty sixth professional fight. But Anthony Johnson has fought twice for a championship now, whether it be in Bellator, whether it be in I'm sorry, whether it be in Strike Force or whether it be in the UFC. You know, and he's far away from that stigma of him not making weight because he may weight he may weight pretty good last night too. I think he was like two or three and a half, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, with that said, Anthony Johnson's got heavy hands, heavy kicks, heavy everything. Can take you down, can defend a takedown pretty well. But the one knock on on Anthony Johnson that a lot of people talk about in this in the lead up to this fight is will Anthony Johnson wilt under pressure like he did against like he did against um Daniel Cormier like he did against um Vitor this is this is one of those things where it's very 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 difficult to look at Anthony Johnson in this standpoint. If he can if he can end this fight pretty quick or if he has any kind of acumen to him, 
he would work on his cardio. He would work on his fitness. I mean, because he really wilted under in that fight against. <laughs> he really wilted against that fight. That fight against Cormier, and that's what made him. That's what makes me look at this fight and think this is a five round fight. Ryan Bader can and will take you to deep waters. It's what he did against Phil Davis. Is what he did against. Is what he did against Rashad Evans. And he basically beat Rashad Evans. He beat Rashad Evans, and he beat Rashad Evans to the punch. He beat Rashad in the takedowns. He beat Rashad. I mean, it was so difficult to watch. Rashad looked so flat, but look, but look at Ryan Bader looks so good against. It's a top five light heavyweight. So I, I'm really excited to see what kind of fight this is going to end up being. Whether it's going to be that one minute type deal like what you saw against Alexander Gustafson or for Johnson, or is it going to be the two rounds that he had against Gustafson, against this um, Daniel Cormier? What are we gonna see out of this what we're gonna see out of this fight is it, it, very difficult. It's gonna be difficult to watch, it's gonna be very difficult to, to to look at. But I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen next with, with these two guys. You do know that they're gonna get the winner of Jones Cormier. No, and we do know that that's probably gonna be December, November, December. Um Probably gonna come, probably gonna be on the same card as Ronda Rousey's retiring fight, whether she gets the winner of Holly Holm, Misha um, Tate in March. I mean, like I said, all of this is coinciding with everything. I I, I can't pick these fights because I I mean honestly, all these fights are fifty fifty fights, especially the Alcantara Rivera fight. Especially the Rothwell Barnett fight, especially I mean, and even the Johnson Bader fight. That's a that's a pick and fight as well. I mean, so you got you got quality fights on this card, unlike any card that you've seen in the past in the past few weeks, in the past few months. It's just is that I mean I. I'm serious. I mean, we look at. I mean, we're looking at some of the biggest fights right now. Next week, I mean, two. I mean, a week from. I mean, a couple weeks from now. I mean, I mean, next week. I mean, next week's card is, is is off the rip. I mean, cause you got so many cards. You got so many different fights on this card. <laughs> Wonder Boy Big Rig. I mean, this is next week's card. Next week's card. This is next week's card. This is a free card next week. I mean, we'll be talking about this card next week. 
this card next week is probably better than the card tonight. There is there is no I mean the UFC is putting together fights cards in in eighty eight I think this is like their the odyssey of like twelve cards in eighty eight days or uh, thirteen cards in eighty eight days, something like that. I mean we're looking at this card and it's like wow. Wow. I mean, we're looking at. I mean, we're looking at things that that aren't. I mean, we're looking at things that are just. How, how can I mean? I don't even know how to put it. I mean, we're looking at at cars that that are just transcending what a UFC. Is, is about. We're looking at things that that are going to happen in the next few weeks, in the next few months. Dos Anjos McGregor. I mean, <laughs> I mean, next week, FS1 card. I mean, Cowboy Sharon is coming back eight weeks after after losing after losing to uh, Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos is, you know, like ten weeks after after the Dos Anjos win. I mean, after Dos Anjos beat up Cowboy, jumping right back in. I mean, Anderson Silva's coming back on Fight Pass. Dos Anjos McGregor, Mark Hunt, Frank Mir. This, this y'all just don't know, man. Y'all just don't know. Of of what is about of everything that's about to happen here in the next few few weeks in the next few months. It's just, uh, I mean, who's ready? Who's ready for a fight? I mean, if y'all know, I'm ready. So, I mean, woof. But um. We're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the SEC Big 12 Challenge, which gets underway in about 30 minutes. Um, And we'll talk about that as well. But check out this new song from my man, Connor Cassidy, called Sky's the Limit. Got the beautiful woman by the name of Lyrica Jada on, on the track with him. Check this out. We'll be right back. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're right here with us tonight, and I thank you for that. Hailing from Norfolk, Massachusetts, give it up for them, y'all. Homie, my eyes too filled with the shit I seen. And daytime told me still I dream With a cold glass filled with the feel I bring And still it's old schooling when I ride on clean And I could reach on to the levels above Or maybe skyrocket to the levels of buzz I'm feeling way better by the end of my run So I'm in paradise kicking by the time that I'm done You feel me? 
a new space where my mind is. Your opinion couldn't define this. And we searching only to find bliss. Steady living on, cause you can never rewind this. Living I earn, I give and I earn Hustle and burn through the essence of spreading my word I stay vivid to the dreams done On these verses I'm giving Cupid machine guns So bada boom, what's love, come on Against the world, round one, nothing here to take the pressure off. On skylines, I can level off. I put my ego on the edges of clouds until I let them drop. Hitting the ground, good riddance. The boy rigid with sand and my mood shifting. Young nights with parties and new women. Regardless of the crowds, I'm thinking we too different, cuz they end up for recognition, we end up for love. Cursing a dollar to the point that I'm getting me some. Miles above what was supposed to be out of my range. Ironic, cuz I thought about jumping a gun. Biting bullets with a peace signs on them. Running from the ruckus to the whole path on us. Running and still, never forgetting where I came from. It's one love and one fan to the game's one. We ain't the same, son. Tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine, and you know, speaking of, of UFC and everything, and before we even go any further, I was just remiss, and I was thinking about back in the day when when the first UFC came out came about, and how it's progressed from being that what John McCain called human chicken fight to what it's become now. And then you're seeing a lot of fighters pull out with injuries and then having a car, having a full pay-per-view card just 
go by the wayside because you're saying that you were dealing with injuries on your own. I really, I don't want to call it a cop-out, but I don't want to call it a, a, a bad thing either because, you know, we all know that Steve Miocic was going to get the winner of Verdun, <laughs> Verdun Velasquez. Well, Verdun pulled out this past week. Well, put out this past week as well. So, hence, we have an FS1 card next week that was supposedly supposed to be on the pay-per-view of 196. Now 196 is moved not from February but to March because 196 is now Dos Anjos McGregor, which is 196 now, which would have been 197. Ha! So, in other words, UFC 200 now moves from July to August. So, <clears throat> so this is an interesting card. Next week, again, Johnny Hendricks, Johnny Hendricks, big rig against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. <laughs> Implications in 170, unlike any other. Again, we'll talk about that next week as well as we'll talk about the Super Bowl next week. And <laughs> T-Rex, I, I think I might need to expand next week to three hours. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there just like that. But yet I digress. And we're going to jump into some things this week that I want to talk about. And this is this is probably – the best thing that I've seen in the in the past few years. <clears throat> Last year, the first year of the this is the third year. This is the SEC Big Ten SEC Big Twelve Challenge this week, and I'm excited for it because you have ten great games, and then you have one true road game between two heavyweights in the nation. And then you got some hotly anticipated matchups between former former Big 12 schools and a former Big 12 school and and another, you know, really good Big 12 school. Just really excited. But I really think the ESPN networks really dropped the ball on the scheduling of these matchups because we're talking about hearing, hearing a little under 30 minutes. We're talking about Texas Vanderbilt. You're putting them on at, at noon. This is a really good game. This has NCAA implications written all over. This, this is a showcase Road to a uh, road to the tourney game. If there ever was one, Vanderbilt is twelve and eight, and they have a they have one notable victory on their schedule, which was at home to Florida, and then. 
when they that's the same week they beat Florida, Auburn beat Kentucky, and then that Wednesday night, Kentucky <laughs> pretty much beat beat the dogs to out of out of Vanderbilt. So this has this is a, a big 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 implications for Vanderbilt as well as as well as Texas. Texas first year head coach Shaka Smart. What can you say about Shaka Smart that hadn't been said about him before? He's revolutionized the defensive game. <clears throat> well, not really revolutionized the game defensively, but he's done things in a in a way that is so different that he's almost reinvented the 40 minutes of hell scenario that Nolan Richardson was very famous for at Arkansas. Excuse me. With that being said, I mean, you got some great players on each, on each side of, on each side of of this court. Lambert, Javon Feliz, yeah, two great freshmen on that Texas the Texas squad, you're loaded down low. I mean, he's just putting it together. He's getting that team together. And they're starting to put it together in the right spot right now. And they're, they're getting hot. Now, you look at you look at Vanderbilt, some people before the season even started had Vanderbilt going to the Final Four. But now, you know, like I said, they're twelve and eight with a win over Florida, and then they get beat up the next time out by Kentucky, who lost to Auburn the day you beat Florida. This this is a big matchup for both teams. Like I said, Vanderbilt gets another quality win, and then they roll through the rest of the rest of the SEC schedule. This could set up something great for Vanderbilt. This is also set up something great for Texas to get them through the run. This is a very vital time, and it's a very weird time to have a Nessie and to have an inter, inter, interconference challenge in the middle of a conference schedule. But there's a method to the madness, and I am so excited about this because um, I'm excited about it because look at it this way. What two schools? What two? What two? <clears throat> how can I put it? What two conferences would have the gumption to do this? You know, and you're looking at them, the SEC and the Big Twelve. They're doing it right in the middle of their conference schedule, right in the middle of things, which is almost genius-like in a way. It's very genius-like in a way if you think about it. You know, you look at some of the matchups, some of the other matchups, and we're not even going to talk about West Virginia, Florida, which is at noon on on ESPN. Vanderbilt Texas ESPN two at noon. I mean, these are games that should be later in the day. Oklahoma LSU, Buddy Hill, Ben Simmons, and this is and this is the third game. It's the third game on this schedule. Come on, man. 
<laughs> I mean, you're looking at guys that are on the wooden watch list and you have them in a five o'clock having a five o'clock spot. Wrong. Wrong. Just wrong. Wrong place to have it have this game. And then and then you look at <coughs> excuse me, you look at the other schedules of some other games. Iowa State, Texas A and M, a top fifteen matchup, you have it at two o'clock. I mean I understand that, that you're trying to compete with with CBS and their Big Ten slot, but come on, man. A top 15 matchup right now? I, and then your nightcap, your nightcap is Auburn, Oklahoma State. And I'm not saying anything bad about Auburn because I'm an Auburn fan to the heart. I'm excited about Oklahoma State coming to Auburn Arena. I'm excited about Auburn being a part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, but I'm not really happy about the time slot that you have the LSU-Oklahoma game or the Kentucky. I'm going to hold off on that one. I'm not really excited about what you have with the Iowa State A&M game. I mean, granted, I know that you're, I know that you're trying to compete with with Fox and their FA Cup fourth round matchup. I know you're trying to compete with CBS and their big team matchup, but come on, man. Come on, ESPN. I mean, really? I mean, really? Moving forward. The games that, that I really want, I mean, that I really want to just talk about is, I mean, you have this game at 7 o'clock. Kentucky at Kansas. I mean, the ramifications of what you have here, the pomp and circumstance alone, the the nostalgia of this matchup alone, two schools of royalty, you're playing them at 7 o'clock and it's not your nightcap game. Kentucky, Kansas. Rupp versus... Allen, I mean, what can you, what else can you say? I mean, you, you have a top 20 matchup here and you're playing them at seven o'clock and you're playing two unranked teams who on your nightcap at eight o'clock. What are you thinking? This is the premier game of, of this challenge. And this is the premier game of the challenge, but it's probably not the best game of the challenge. In in that sense, now I'll get I'll get to that in a minute. But Kentucky, Kansas, you don't see them go home and home very often. This is the first time in twenty six years that Kansas and Kentucky have played in Allen Fieldhouse. I am so excited about this matchup. I mean, honestly, this is a true road game for for Kentucky, and this could be (laughs) – this could be an epic matchup. This This is a matchup of epic proportions anyway. 
because of the schools, just these two schools. But that's beyond the point. The best matchup of this of, of this of this day, you're having it at two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. I mean, this should be this should be your these these two games should be your nightcap games. Period. Point blank. I mean Kentucky Kansas should have been a nine o'clock game. LSU, I mean, I'm sorry. LSU, I mean, LSU is in the right spot. LSU Oklahoma is a five o'clock game. I mean, A <laughs> and M and Iowa State should have been a seven o'clock game, and then Kentucky Kansas should have been a nine o'clock game or five thirty, seven thirty, nine thirty. I mean, this, this, I, I'm so disappointed at ESPN for this because of the schedule that you have. But get I digress. This is gonna be a gonna be a big night of, of college basketball and I'm excited about that part, but just mm, just craziness of this schedule by ESPN. I'm so disappointed. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll come right back because we got something special to talk about and here's some more music from Connor Cassidy. Check him out. Oh yeah, we out here. Oh yeah. One mile, one mile. One mile, one mile. Get 'em up, up. Oh yeah, CMG, 2 AM crew was good. Ben Nation, I see y'all. New York, we out here doing our thing. It just don't stop, right? Not for us. Uh. Everything I've been chasing after Me and Kyle hit the sky like we was falling backwards Went from killing time and climbing down the ladder To coming up with that real, that's my natural hazard Word, we those young men with those sharp minds Going all in, it's no part time And we taking that cause it's our time Same drive with that new gas And that's old school, just new class Cameras out like newsflash And we hit the sky with that new cash Words. And I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up and away like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on the place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked So it works out fine And every single minute we in it We break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine We're good Perfection trying to man 
manifest these blessings Told them live it to the max So I ain't never feeling less than Then these haters trying to question Will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth A living walking confession I ain't lying, I ain't boasting I'm just striving, I'm just hoping That I'll find an opportunity And that a door will open So I never pay attention When they tell me that I'm chosen Cause I know I'm far from famous Even though they know I'm blowing up Took a while, but they know it's cow When I'm rolling up, people doubt Always ask me how But I'm sure enough That I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen Be the one to pick them up When they're down like a towing truck Working, yeah, I'm working Put my team on, that's for certain I swear that's the naked truth Tied in behind those shower curtains I managed to keep it clean Making music without cursing Now I'm entering the system Watch me do it like a surgeon That's for certain Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, this is something that that the Live by Terrence Network has been we've been we've been doing some things and doing some big things here in the last couple of weeks. The Grand Saw Sign event in Columbus, Georgia. Um, of course, um, The Live by Terrence Network being in the different affiliations that the Live by Terrence Network has um, with uh, the Live by Terrence show, the Kings Underground Media. But the Live by Terrence Network was invited to be on TMZ, and my man T Rex actually got to uh, put his stamp on some things here in the last in the last few months and weeks. But before we do, before you know, say that, I mean, for us, we just like the Jeffersons, baby. I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, we doing, we doing it up like, like this. Well, we're moving on. That's what we doing. I mean, we 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 doing things just like that. So we got to we got to be on TMZ a couple of days ago. Well, actually yesterday. And <laughs> needless to say, I mean, what they wanted us, to, what they wanted my man T Rex to talk about was something pretty cool. So I'm gonna let y'all listen to it. Hi, this is Terrence. I'm calling from Valley, Alabama, and I want to come in on Kanye West and Amber Rose. I think Kanye was ashamed about being silent about his alleged 
But Trey, he probably needed some extra time to explain to Kim that no one has ever digged for his gold. Whatever went on in his private time needs to stay there. Amber knows she has him by the booty for him to be silent about it for a day before he tweeted about it. <laughs> she has him by the booty. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, we're going to take a break. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, <laughs> it is the battle of Wonder, of, I guess they're all now former One Direction guys. Uh, Zayn Malik, who's got it better? Zayn Malik or Louis Tomlinson? Louis, of course, had a great week, uh, had his first child born. But wait to see what Zane did. And there you have it. I mean, my man, T-Rex, we was on TMZ. The Live by Chance Network was on TMZ. And here's the man right now. We're going to talk about this right now. Because, A, one, I'm not just letting a woman play with my butt. And, two, I'm going to let this man tell you all about it. T-Rex, what's going on? Uh, not much, man. Uh, great to be on the show. God bless. Yeah, it was it was funny, man, that he was put to silence there. Because, you know, Kanye is normally – known to talk a lot, uh, talk all the time. But uh, when she made that allegation against him, he went through a 24-hour period where he didn't say anything. And then finally he came on Twitter and, and then commented against it. But, yeah, it, it, it was pretty funny, though. Um, like I said on that sound bite there, whatever goes on in that bedroom needs to stay there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and I'm going to say it just like this. One I mean, I know this is off topic from what we do, but this is the Live by Terrence Network, so everything's on topic right now. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. One, <laughs> ain't no one, I don't even like my butt being padded, especially when I was on the football field. I hated my butt being padded. I hated I hated being a center when I was a center because I didn't want nobody, no man's hand on my butt, and I really don't want another woman's hand on my butt either. So, I mean... But for Kanye to not come out, like you said, and he waited 24 hours, and I mean, I would have been like Donald Trump talking about (laughs) something crazy than to be, I mean, I'm serious, dude. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. And then then you put out, there's no butt play. Nobody's checked my oil. Okay. Obviously, somebody did. Whether it's a tongue or a finger, somebody did. Just put yeah, it out I think there. he used that. I think he used that silent time to uh, address the issue with Kim, because Kim probably got upset about it and questioned him about it. Because you know how how it is when someone hears an allegation for the first time, you kind of want to talk about it or whatever. So I think he probably used that time to to kind of smooth everything over with Kim to let her know that. That any, none of that stuff took place, but I mean, who knows? I mean, if it did, it did. If it didn't, it didn't. That's something that I don't participate in. But if it's something that he wants to do, you know, that's that's more power to him. <laughs> I second that emotion exactly. And we do got some birthdays to talk about today. My, today's my mom's birthday. My mom just just turned a big six one today. 
And okay. I know you got some birthdays. You got some birthdays in in the live by chance family as well. So I'm gonna let you talk about those too. Yeah, well, we're gonna start with uh, Sergeant Doughboy. His birthday was last Sunday on the 24th. So definitely wanna give him a happy birthday. And then to uh, our nephew Mikey, his birthday was on the 26th. He turned 22 years old. We give him a happy birthday. Deontay, he turned 15 on the 27th. It's also, we're going to celebrate his birthday. And today is DJ EA's birthday. On the 30th, he turned 21. Um, they went to Club Mansion last night in Atlanta to see Migos. Um, they had a mixtape release party, so they got to go up there. And today, um, we we're just going to uh, celebrate their birthdays and, you know, just give thanks to the Lord that they able to see another birthday. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, just special shout out to my mom, special shout out to to the Live by Terrence colleagues and Live by Terrence kids, you know. Just a lot of love there and also to my man Sergeant Doughboy. Love you to death, man. Hopefully we'll get to get together and see each other. But um just uh, like I said, this is just a blessing to be to be a part of the Live by Terrence network, be a part of of what I saw yesterday and what I heard yesterday, that was just so cool to just be a part of. And T-Rex, I want to thank you for letting me be a part of that. Uh, no problem, man. Anytime. And uh, we got some future appearances coming up on TMZ Live. Uh, we're going to be doing some Skype video calls on the show and also more phone calls to do commentary work for them. So definitely looking forward to that in the future. And there you have it from the man T-Rex. We're going to wrap up this show a little bit earlier today because I need to go see my mama and I need to go see see the Live by Tans family as well, you know, to wish everybody a happy birthday and, you know, Merry Christmas and all that other good good maintenance, you know, even though Christmas was like a month ago. But still, you know, it's still Christmas time because everybody has been gifted the gift of life. So for everybody that's involved with the show, T-Rex, Wendy, Casey Cordier, my mom, my dad, everybody. Have a good weekend. Let's go tailgating. And also, support your local college football team and your local high school teams as well. They need it. Y'all have a good weekend.